Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The commonly known story in the Bible of Zacchaeus up in a tree is typically remembered as merely an interesting account of how a man met the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to come to his home and stay in his house for a while. But is that all that we learn from this account in Luke's Gospel? No, not at all. This story is much more than a curious sensation seeker or someone who wanted to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ a little bit better over supper. It's all about a sinner who earnestly sought out the Savior, an individual who was tired of his sins, a rich man that was sick of his money, who wanted instead the true riches of God's salvation. And yes, it's also about a seeking Savior, one who came specifically to seek and to save the lost, the one whose heart yearned for the salvation of sinful souls. And is it any wonder then that the two of them, the sinner and the Savior, met? Well, not really. It's always the case when an honest, seeking soul desires more than anything in the world to know their sins forgiven and peace with God. They will come face to face with a God who desires that no one will ever perish, but come to repentance and faith in Christ. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Frank Sona reads about this tremendous account of the salvation of a soul. Have you ever had thoughts about your sins? and where you will be for eternity? If not, take the time to listen to the wonderful good news that God has for you. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered, and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, the crowd, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is one of those very, very well-known stories in our Bible. A very clear story about 
a man who receives salvation because he has received Christ. See, they are synonymous. When you receive him, you receive salvation. And if a person never receives Christ, you can take everything else, but you'll never have salvation. They are one and the same. Salvation is in a person, a real person, a real man, a real Lord, Jesus Christ. The one who went to the cross, the one who died, the one who suffered, the one who rose, the one who even now is able to hear the very thoughts of your thinking, to know what is going through your mind as this meeting ticks away, and he longs to save you. And there are some in this meeting, and you need to be saved. I think of this account here, it's just 10 verses. He was small, he was short, he was small of stature, he couldn't see. And yet, he didn't let that get in the way. He didn't let that get in the way of him. There are people, you know what, I just wonder, what have you let get in the way of you getting saved? What conditions, what limitations, what things have you allowed to get in the way of your salvation? Salvation is done, it's accomplished, it's a finished work, it's here for the offering, it's available, and people are saved every single day across the world. Some in, I have no doubt because I have heard stories, and in the most interesting and sometimes difficult of circumstances, and yet they're saved. Yet there are individuals who sit in a gospel meeting with the gospel literally force-fed into you, and you don't, you're not saved. You have to go after this. You have to seek the Lord while he may be found. That's a verse in the Bible. Jeremiah the prophet says, God speaking through him, says to the people, when you search for me with all your heart, then you will find me. Jeremiah 28, 13. This chapter, this story though, begins with the Savior. Uh, salvation always begins with the Savior. It doesn't begin with the sinner. It begins with the Savior who initiated, apart from the Christ, what we could rightly call mission impossible. It could never be accomplished by anybody else. It could never be carried out by the greatest and the mightiest of angels, the loftiest of prophets, the most intelligent of priests, the mightiest of kings. There is not a one that could have accomplished this. So if we are going to preach about salvation, and if God is going to offer it to you, it's going to begin with his son, Christ. And so it says right at the very beginning, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He's doing the same tonight, whether you know it or not. He's passing through. Christ is presented as the Savior of sinners. You have a golden opportunity tonight to receive everlasting life, to pass from death unto life, to actually have the condemnation on your soul because of your sins lifted off forever and to be taken away because of what Christ has done on that cross. It is the most tremendous of opportunities. Jesus is passing this way. It begins with the Savior. There's something else then that we have brought before us. We not only have the Savior brought before us, but we have steps now. Steps. The steps of the Savior because you see, and then we have the steps of the sinner. And as these two move, you can see, if we were able to watch, if we were able to get a bird's eye view from a building, we would see the Savior making his way through Jericho. We would see a man, Zacchaeus, 
knifing his way through the crowd, making his way up and going up the street because he's going to intersect where the two ways meet. Interestingly, they're going to meet at a tree. That's always where a seeking savior and a seeking sinner will meet, at a tree, not a sycamore tree, a tree that was hewn out by military hands, by Rome, the cross, the tree. There are people tonight that are trying to meet the Lord Jesus at other places. They'll try to meet him in his teaching. They'll discuss his theology. They'll discuss his parables. They'll discuss his miracles. I remember having a a religion professor in school, and we were talking one day over lunch in the cafeteria, and I said, why? Tell me, why did Jesus come into the world? Why? And I, I could still remember he was, you know, looking at me, I, I'm just, a, you know, the know-nothing student, and, and he was the brilliant professor, and he had written books and so on, and he says, well, he says, it's very, it's very obvious, isn't it, Frank? He came to be our supreme example. Now, I will tell you, I wouldn't negate that reason. He is an example to me in many ways, but not in salvation. And why he came? Why don't you let him tell you himself? Because he says it in verse 10. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I quoted that, and I said, have you ever seen yourself as a lost sinner? He got his back up. He had divinity degrees. He had written books, papers. Let me ask you a question tonight. Very simple. Have you ever seen yourself as a lost, guilty, hell-deserving sinner? See, there are people that have seen Christ as Savior, but they don't know what they need to be saved from. This man recognized his need. The Savior was passing that way. I want you to notice not only now the steps, but something else now. The speed. The speed at which he moved. You see, that's one thing that's very important. There are people that take steps, but they're kind of like, you know, just walking along. and Oh, then they get misdirected, and maybe they see something off to the side. And it's easy for sinners to get distracted, isn't it? In fact... You might even, it'd be easy to get distracted in this meeting, wouldn't it be? You might even find your attention going somewhere else as the gospel is being presented. And while we're talking about heaven and hell and your soul and eternity, you might even start thinking about something tomorrow that's going to go on. Or something next week or something that happened today. It shows how easily our steps are diverted. You know what it should show you tonight? You've got to strive to enter in. You've got to make one serious, focused effort to get this matter settled, or it is never going to happen. This man said, enough, enough. I'm tired of this. I don't want this. I've had the big stand. I've set up the tax office. I've got people under me. Then he was, he was a chief of the tax collectors. He had revenue coming in. He was set for life. He had money. He was installed by the government. He had it made. He was connected. And he says, no, I'm tired enough. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been sick of your sin? That's the problem. You ever got a good look at what has made you lost? Why you are lost? Have you ever got a good look at what sin does and what your sin is doing to you? The sin that promises a good time and leaves people empty? The sin that dangles the baubles in front of people and leaves us high and dry? The sin that breaks up marriages, breaks hearts, breaks lives, destroys people? 
The sin of the drunkard, the sin of the drug addict, the sin of the person who just can't stop. The sin of the person who is lost and keeps moving in his steps toward one way. And at night you get tired of it and you say, enough. Have you ever been there? Have you ever got a good look at your sin and where it's taking you? For the first time in this man's life, that's exactly what happened. And Zacchaeus said this, enough. And I'll tell you, when a sinner gets to that point and says this, enough, I've had enough. Jesus is passing this way. This is my golden opportunity and I'm going for it. And he made haste, speed. It's an urgent message. I have no doubt in my mind that you are here at this time for this reason. Not forever. To a man in this same gospel, just a few chapters back, a man very similar to Zacchaeus in situation. He was rich, he had money, he had possessions. Unfortunately, he never got sick of his sin. And so as a result, he took his sin with him into eternity and he went to hell. And it is said to that man, remember. Zacchaeus says, there's a lot of things I want to forget, but I want to remember this day. I want to meet him. I want to come to Christ. And it says he went and the Lord Jesus said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Now there's another thing. Submission. He comes to him and he says, what's the first word? Lord. Lord. He's acknowledging this one. Come down. Zacchaeus, you'll never get salvation above me. You've got to come down. And sinners will never get God's salvation until they come down. And maybe that's your problem tonight. You've never been brought down. You've never really been made to see what you are just in your lost condition. You're just lost. You're just a poor sinner. I have good news for you, though. Those are exactly the people that the Lord Jesus came to save. Those are exactly the people he loves. Those are exactly the people he seeks to save. You've got to bow your will. You know, nobody, nobody gets salvation with a steeled will. Did you ever cry out? Come on, you've cried out for other things. Everybody has. There's things in your life you've cried out for. Or you've cried out in. Have you ever cried out to God? Oh, God, save me. This man made haste. It says, and he received him joyfully. I'll be honest, I don't know any other way to receive him. I don't know any other way a person has ever received him other than joyfully. I don't know any person that has ever received him sadly. Because once you find out that I am never going to perish, he came for me. He died for me. How can you receive that sadly? He received him joyfully. There's a man in the previous chapter. He's rich too. He's a young ruler. You know what it says? He went away sorrowfully. Scores of people go away sorrowfully. But there's not one person that ever receives him other than joyfully. Let me tell you a little bit about the street, though, just for a few minutes. Because you have a crowd here on the street. The street. You ever hear, what's the word on the street? There's a stock exchange program or something like that, a stock market. It's called the street. <laughs> this man gives his prediction. What's the word on the street? What's the word? Well, just listen. It struck me, it says, verse 7, and when they saw it, they all 
murmured. They all murmured. It was predictable. It was predictable. There's nothing else ever going to come off the street. The street is a picture of the broad road. It's the world. It's predictable what they're saying. Don't get to Christ. If you listen to your friends, if you listen to the world, if you listen to others out there, listen, you've got time. They murmur. It's predictable. Don't you go in for this. Don't you get this matter settled. Listen, you had last night, right? And you'll have tomorrow night. And don't you think you'll be the last person that will ever hear that because there are some that heard it yesterday and they're in eternity today. They're not here and they're not coming back. And you listen to the word on the street and you'll never get to heaven. It was predictable. I'll tell you something else. It was plentiful. It says they all murmured. Every one of them. They all murmured. You've got a thousand voices out there that will hinder you and hate you for ever getting to Christ. You know something else? They were pitiless. They could have cared less if Zacchaeus went to hell or not. And the world that you move in, this world that you think is so exciting and has so much to offer, listen, that world could care less if you go down to the fire. They could care less about you. That world is a black hole that sucks the life out of people. And you need to get a good look at what it is. The world that crucified Christ. The world that set him in naught. The world that could care less. And listen, the world that when you stand before God will not be anywhere to be found. This matter tonight is between you and him. Leave the world out. That's exactly what Zacchaeus did. So let me just tell you lastly about the Savior. I want to end where we started. That's where every story of salvation, it begins with him and it ends with Christ. And you take the Lord Jesus away and you have no story of salvation. All you have is sinners in Jericho. It says the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. I think about the Son of Man. It tells me about his character. He was a real man, a real man. Whatever you may think of the Lord Jesus, I know, and I'm not minimizing his deity. God manifest in flesh. But I want to tell you, the one who came, he was a real man. Sin apart. He hungered. He thirsted. He felt pain. He felt loneliness. He, he felt agony on that cross. He went to that cross for you, the Son of Man. Is come. That's his condescension. Oh, is come. He came from the heights of glory. There are people tonight, and you've come from different places, different walks of life. Some have come from distances. Some have come from localities. He came from heaven. Son of Man is come. To seek, that's his compassion. He's actually seeking for you. He's looking for you tonight. Are you looking for him? A real person to save. That's this cost. Cost him everything to offer you salvation. I know to some people, words like this mean absolutely nothing. And that is so tragic. What he did, what he suffered, cost his capability that which was lost. He can save lost people. You know, there's a story a number of years ago about a man. He was in the Cuban Air Force. His name was Major Lorenzo. He had had a plan to defect for a while. He felt the oppression of Castro's regime and wanted to escape. And when his 
opportunity came, he flew his MiG jet right out and landed in Miami. Defected. Problem was this, though. He left a wife and two children behind. But he had plans. Major Lorenzo, through a series of connections and orchestrating the escape that he would effect, made phone calls, used code language, set up opportunities with a, a local dentist that they had known that was helping them. A person had actually donated a plane, a little Cessna, outfitted it with special tanks. And on that day, specific day, Major Lorenzo, with all the skill of his piloting experience behind him, flew that Cessna no more than 10 feet above the water of the Atlantic Ocean, at times almost skimming the whitecaps. As he took that plane in, he landed on a highway. There was a truck coming right down the highway at the same time. He could actually see the driver's eyes open up wide like saucers. He banked, avoided that, landed, just missing a rock, told his family, his wife and two children, exactly where to meet him, exactly where to be. And as he landed that Cessna, they ran into that plane. He took off, gave it all the fuel, and, and took off over the skies of Cuba. Landed them safely back in the United States. He made the statement, he says, this is the best day of my life. I have my family with me. I saved them. I tell you, it was the best day of their life, too. He came. Came. Did they wait? Were they busy that day? Oh, no. Everything they did took second place. In fact, it didn't even matter. That was the only thing that mattered that day. He had come to save them. This day in Jericho, the only thing that mattered to Zacchaeus I need to be saved. He's come to save me. Is that the only thing that matters in your life? Honestly, your soul. You have a soul to be saved. May this truth be engraved on your mind and your heart even now. Trust the Lord Jesus. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. He died on the cross. It's accomplished. It's done. He has landed. Come to the plane. Take him at his offer. Let him save you. All the work is done. Trust him. Believe him. Receive him. What a tremendously wonderful ending to this Bible story. The sinner and the Savior meet. The sinner's life has changed forever. His future in heaven is secured, and he starts out on his new life, enjoying the company of Christ in his heart and in his home. Zacchaeus found out what really makes a person rich in this life. But not all Bible stories turn out this well. In a previous chapter, another rich man, he missed his chance and made the tragic choice of continuing on his own way. So what will it be for you? Have you truly repented and turned to Christ for salvation? Or is he just a passing curiosity? Are you truly serious about this business of your soul's salvation? Or are you just too busy with other things? Or you don't consider it important? Don't make the wrong choice. Today is your opportunity. Zacchaeus could have easily missed his chance and the Savior forever. Don't let that happen to you. 
If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor.